Now, every day is a learning day, and it is for me as well. Just yesterday, I was scrolling through my phone on Twitter, and uh, something popped up, and it immediately caught my attention because it was lovely, it was colorful. It's a new book, hot off the press, and uh, basically the title was, I think, written for me. It's a teen's guide to the constitution of Kenya. If you're anything like me, you see that C word, and you're just like, no. I can't do it. It's too many words. It's too many pages. Please no. So I luckily, luckily got the chance to invite Sandra Ochola, the the publicist, the writer, the boss chick to be our Women Crush Wednesday guest today. Sandra, welcome to Capital FM. Thank you. What I what is this? Like why would you spend your time, your effort and your cash, let's mm-hmm. let's let's be frank, yeah. to to publish a teen's guide to the constitution of Kenya? Uh, I'd say it's to provide a simplified version of uh, the constitution for young people and taking into account um, the importance of the constitution for the country. But to give a background, to give a background, uh, I realized there's part of my history that I didn't know. And there, thing, there were things about my country growing up that, uh, that, that I did not know within the social structures, within the cultural structures, and within the political structures, given I was young and so I wasn't exposed to some of the, some of the conversations that adults were having about, um, about the country. But then as time went by, I got into the social space, I started work, I started interacting with other people, and then you realize there's so much about my country that I do not know. There's so much history that by design or uh, or by chance I haven't been taught, I haven't been told about and what I've been taught uh, more often than not does not reflect the reality and if I could give an example uh, for those uh, for those who lived during the Moi regime for instance, mm-hmm. of course there are all those different stories you know mm-hmm. and uh, there are aspects of it that uh, go to tell, tell us more about our country how the country uh, came to get multi-party democracy, you know, the gains that we made in terms of fighting for a constitution. Of course, it, 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 it was balanced. There were good things about that happened during that particular time, and then there are other things that, you know, uh, took place. And then as a young person, this is information that you get to learn later on. So one of the questions I was asking myself at that point is, why wasn't I taught this in school? Hmm. You know, So this why? is not part of any curriculum? Not yet. Okay. Not <laughs> She's yet. like, I'm going to change <laughs> that. But, 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 but before you go any further, what's your background? What, I mean, what, what brought you here? Uh, I'm a lawyer by profession. Okay. I'm an advocate of uh, the High Court of Kenya. Okay. I have a degree in law, a postgraduate uh, diploma in law. My degree is from Moy University. And then I went to the Kenya School of Law, got admitted to the bar, and then decided to get into the civil society. Practice wasn't my cup of tea. So th- this is this is why you know so much about the Constitution, <laughs> because you have to know, right? Yes. you. Ha- uh, well, yes, you have I to I mean, know. most lawyers yeah, should know, right? Lawyers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most lawyers have to know, right. because uh, that's... That, that's how you get to engage with everyone. That's how you get to engage with the clients and 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 talk about and talk about law. Okay. So then, from that space, I moved to the civil society space, which was now dealing with issues of human rights, uh, issues with uh, of, of uh, governance and democracy. And now, to relate to this, uh, to what we started talking about, was one I didn't have a good. I, I I felt I didn't have a good background of my country's history, and what was happening in my country. And then, secondly, we had the two thousand and seven 
post-election violence, which for me happened at a time when I was just coming into coming into the governance space. And then you get to read the material, you get to talk to people, and then you realize these are things that have been happening, the issues have been recurring. And so I ask myself, why wasn't I told? You know, why didn't I read about this as often? Why wasn't I taught this? And why wasn't, wasn't I prepared for this? And of course, within that space, even even with your age mates, you realize that same things that your, my grandparents and my parents complained about are the same things that I could see being replicated within within my generation. Which means they'd never been addressed. Which means they had never been addressed as as, as, as adequately as they should. And we saw all of that and we in saw 2007, all of that. right? And, yes, and we saw all of that. So then the third aspect of it, one, not knowing my history and and then experiencing the conflict within the community and then now realizing that there wasn't a strategic uh, strategic way, if I could use that word, of this information being given to young people. I felt there was a gap because as much as we'd experienced the 2007 and all these uh, issues related to uh, political and social and cultural issues that were happening in the country, then we have the new constitution, which now is a history that I can say I relate to because it was something I saw, it was something I witnessed, it was something I took part in. So with this history, how then can I uh, contribute to making it better for the next generation? Then how do I fill that gap in a manner that those who are coming after me have the information, they're given the right information, and it's easily accessible, and it's age-appropriate in a way that they won't get to where I was at that point, and they don't have information, or they have lots of information Mm. about who they are, their communities, and their country. And and I think the the assumption that we all understand legalese, which I mean, we know the Constitution was drafted by a group of of lawyers and experts, right? (laughs) Um, and, And the Americans have a, have a system. They say write as a journalist for a fifth grader, mm-hmm. meaning you're writing for like a 12-year-old. Yes. And that's exactly how we should, because most human beings, even at our ages in here, understand it better when it's put in sort of simple language. Yes. Well, you have done a really, really stellar job. There's color pictures. There's uh, tests yes. that I'm going to put to Frida. What 10 skills and knowledge should a leader have? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Sandra Ochola will come right back to you as uh, pretty timely as the cabinet is announced. And you have just published Teen's Guide to the Constitution of Kenya. We'll be right back after this. Thank you. We are talking to the author uh, and publisher, actually, of Teen's Guide to the Constitution of Kenya, Sandra Ochola, the uh, an Obama Foundation leader, former presidential script writer, and now a Woman Crush Wednesday guest, right here on 98.4 Capital FM. This is a beautiful, beautiful book. It's just hot off the press. Farid, there's uh, exercises, activities. Guess, guess, do you want to answer one? Okay. Okay, this exercise is called President for One Day. This is from Teen's Guide to the Constitution <laughs> of Kenya. Ready? <laughs> article 131, 1E, of course, we know that article, no, <laughs> of the Constitution, <laughs> states that the president is a symbol of national unity. What does this mean to you, President Fareed? It means that we, are, we would be a non-tribe-based country and we would be focused on ideals, goals, and... Uh, Prosperity for the country. Very good. As a whole. Very good. Okay. Uh, courtroom drama, number one. Imagine you have been charged with an offense and you are standing before the court. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have to imagine. Place an X. <laughs> I've been there. After the statement that determines how the judge or magistrate decides your case. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's only one answer? Mm, no, oh. no, no. Oh, there's several. Choice. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the evidence used in your case. Mm-hmm. 
your gender and level of education, mm-hmm. your ability to pay for a lawyer, you and the judge come from the same community. Uh, <gasps> evidence in the case. I hope so. <laughs> but and uh, also your ability to pay for a lawyer. Well, <laughs> it, it, it is. This is it Kenya is. after all. <laughs> I'm just joking. But you are bringing this um, to two kind of jaded individuals. But mm-hmm. I love that you have the hope that yes. teenagers will read this, engage with this. What are your hopes for the Teen's Guide to the Constitution of Kenya, Sandra? Uh, exactly how you put it, that you're going to have a generation of young people who are going to think differently. Because like I said, uh, to, a, to a large extent, it is generational. And I often say there's the independence generation, our forefathers who fought for independence. Then you have the post-independence generation. Then you have those uh, later on that now we say uh, uh, championing for economic development. So each set, each generation has uh, their area of focus. So then, and that area of focus has had an impact on our country, has had an impact on where we are going as a community and as a nation. So then the question would be, what is it that defines this generation and the next? And what, what impact do you want to make? What do you want to be remembered for? The same way we remember those who came before us. What do you want, what do you want to be remembered for as a generation mm. in terms of contributing for the country? And so my hope is that... Um, Moving forward, the next generations then would, in a um, very conclusive way, if I could use that word, are going to address some of the social and political issues that we still grapple with today right. in a manner that uh, issues like tribalism will not, will not define them so that your second name does not, is, is not an issue. When you talk about corruption, the things that are endemic within, within my generation, then the next generation will do, will do better. And I think all b- besides that, and as a way to facilitate that, my hope as well will be that um, for the young people coming up then they are viewed differently from how the younger people in the other generations have been viewed. Mm. Because our perceptions of teenagers and adolescents is that one, they're troublemakers and they need help. Or secondly, <laughs> an assumption is that uh, they don't know so much and so they're not able to participate. And yet, if you see a Form 2 in high school today, by the time they leave Form 4, that's about two or three years. They're expected to vote. They're expected to make big decisions. But nobody's engaging them in that manner. Mm-hmm. And so the book, my hope again, is that it's going to help change mindsets about how we engage young people and teenagers in particular in nation building so that we are not seeing them as individuals who, who are causing trouble but, but they are allies and they are partners in nation building. And we're also seeing them as individuals who are change agents in their own capacity. And I always reflect um, the kind of support that other young people are given across the world. You have climate change champions, you have uh, education activists, and they're very young and they're teenagers. That does not mean that we do not have the same kind of capable young people within our spaces. Mm-hmm. It's just that one, they might not have the knowledge that they require, or two, they don't have the support that they need, or the spaces that they need to get there. So Is- my hope give them information, uh, support them, and use this book as a tool to help change the generational mm. narratives. And is is if you wanted to read the Constitution, not the Teens Guide, it is available though, right? Yes. I mean, we can find it somewhere. Yes. Right. Even okay. online. Yeah. She's like, if you want to. No, no, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, there is a whole. Gen- you have to think about it this way. Our Constitution is quite new. 
Yeah. Right? I mean, this version of our constitution is quite new. This happened during Kibaki's time. So there's a lot of people from the previous generation that are only familiar with the old constitution. Yeah. And there were a lot of really, you know, important and monumental changes mm-hmm. in, in when our constitution was promulgated, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. and, and then so it's almost like that generation has to kind of relearn mm-hmm. the constitution of the country, even if they knew the previous constitution. Exactly. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned that because this, as it indicates, it's a guide to the constitution, not the whole constitution. Right. So that it's giving you the fundamentals and also encouraging you to to to, to refer to the constitution so that you have both if you want more if information. You want, if you want more information. <coughs> so that you have the basics, but then you can also go to the technical aspects of it to find out more information sure. about the areas. If, if there's an area that's interesting as well. And of course uh, if you are at a dinner party next time we highly encourage you to get this teen's guide to the Constitution <laughs> of Kenya so you can sound like you're smart and you yes. know things. You know what I mean? <laughs> The Teen's Guide to the Constitution of Kenya. It's a really cool book, actually. Uh, I'm super excited to uh, have my own copy uh, because I have to be honest, I am a journalist in a very looser sense of the word, uh, but I have absolutely a very minimal idea of what our Constitution is all about, which is a shame. And I would venture to say a number of journalists in this country also don't really know what the Constitution's about. So this is a great way to learn a bit more about it. We are sitting here with uh, Sandra Ochola, who is the author uh, of this incredible book, a lawyer, an advocate by trade, but now a published author, um, and also a speech writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. For uh, a very important man for the past decade. <laughs> Am I right? Yes, you're yes, right. Yes, yes. Uh, so what goes into being a uh, presidential speech writer? Because that cannot be an easy job. Oh, well, Uh, (laughs) not so hard, (laughs) not so hard if you enjoy writing, Mm -hmm. but as I've always stated, it's an appreciation of uh, who you're writing for, what you're writing about. And again, whom you are writing for in the sense of who are the recipients of who are the recipients of the message. So one, you've got to understand uh, the reason why. And the reason why at that particular point was to communicate uh, the president's and the government's agenda for the country at that particular point. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we were writing was to ensure that the public is um, informed of, of, of what the government is doing and using it as a tool to bridge the gap between the presidency and the people and to ensure that the social contract they had with the, with the institution is is achieved and well communicated for the period of the presidency. And, and would you say, because I can say this from someone who has now been here uh, doing this job, mm-hmm. uh, this is my fourth president, uh, William Ruto, so mm-hmm. you can imagine that I've seen quite a bit. The most accessible in terms of the rhetoric and the way he spoke was 100% uh, our last president, Uhuru Kenyatta, who you wrote speeches for. Mm. Was that part of the plan to make him more accessible in terms of uh, he's not this man sitting in an ivory tower, but he's one of the people? Was that part of the speech writing process? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd say so. And uh, I, I believe for most speech writers, uh, that is what you uh, that is what you'd want to achieve uh, in terms of in terms of communication. Again, you have to bridge that gap between yourself and the people that the, 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 that you're serving or the people that you're communicating. Did you have to put yourself in his mind when you were writing, though? Because this is just a bizarre thing, right? You're writing words that are going to be spoken by someone else, yeah. who 50 million people are going to think are his words. Yeah. 
So did you have to kind of put yourself in his mind? <laughs> but most mo- most of the time it's uh, like I said it starts from an understanding of whom of whom you're writing for because again uh, an impression should not be created that uh, the president for that matter does not have an idea of No, what you know. that's what I mean though. Yeah. So Sandra <laughs> a, a couple more practical questions mm-hmm. what were the deadlines you were being you were given yeah. and what how many people in a team of presidential writers mm-hmm. and what font size did you use? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because <laughs> sometimes really I'm like, guys, yeah. guys. The yeah. deadlines must have been crazy, right? I mean, because there had to be certain things that happened yet this yes, morning yes. and he needed to put out an address this afternoon. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, contrary to public perception, I think um, our leaders, most of our leaders work really, really hard. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> most of our leaders work really hard. And uh, in a day you'd find you have enough um maybe three to five or whatever number of meetings that uh, a leader has to attend, the number of people that he has to engage with, the number of people, a number of things that he has to address. And of course, at, uh, with each and every opportunity, he needs to communicate. So your schedule is uh, dependent on... On, on on your boss's schedule, so to speak. So if he has 10 things to do that day, 10 places to go, 10 places to speak, what his diary states is the number of uh, the number of speeches that he'll need at that particular point. Ooh. So to talk about the team, uh, it's, it requires a lot of teamwork because as a speechwriter, I come in with my skills, the, the, the legal background, but then sometimes um, the, the people that, the people, the, uh, the people, the president is going to communicate to are within the medical uh, communicate with are within the medical field, or their engineers, or, or, or just geography or alone, just geography, right? Yeah. Which I, you know, truly, I, 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 I won't have much information on. Sure. So then that requires a lot of collaboration and teamwork because then there's you, you have to work with other departments and other people within the uh, within the government structure to give you that information, and then now for you, you are able to capture it in a manner that is one uh, people can understand. Hey. And secondly, then it's 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 it communicates in a way. And remember again, so that it's the impression is not created that um, uh, that you're, you're you're writing everything. Whatever is brought in comes in from the agenda, the government agenda at that particular time. So right. if you are going to open a market, it is something that the president had pronounced himself about. It is something that's within the president's plan. So this is ongoing and he wants to communicate what's happening at that particular time. So it's not that he doesn't know or he's not aware. He's just being told that particular. These, these are things he's um, involved in and engaged in. It's just uh, it, it, it's absurd to have him sitting down writing the speeches and you know, so w- w- and, and, and from a feedback perspective, I know we, we won't talk too much about this, but from a feedback perspective, did he also ad lib a lot? Did he put in his own? Did he say, oh, no, I'm not going to say this. I want to say it this way. Was he quite involved in that process? I'd, I'd, I'd say yes, because that, and that's where the teamwork comes in. Because there are aspects as speech writers you will write about, and then you realize maybe you didn't capture it or you you didn't give it the right meaning because it's not within your area of expertise, and that is why it's important you have other people and other eyes who can again look through your work, Mm. and even before it gets to him, then there are other people who can check it and say, okay, this one is right. This is how he'd say it. Yeah, this is how he'd say it. This is how it's supposed to come out. So that again, it's not miss. Uh, what's the word misquoted or misconstrued to mean something wow. else. and best case what scenarios a cool job. <laughs> and best case scenarios he also you know gets the opportunity to look at it and say does this reflect who I am and what I'd like to communicate so right. there are times you'd write a speech yeah. and then it's used fully there are times you'd write it and then uh, yeah 
Wow, okay. Yusuf, you've just messaged in. You say that you're a youth with interest in being a responsible young citizen with interest in governance. How can we access the thin version of the Constitution? It's now being called the thin, thin. version of the Constitution. <laughs> we'll be right back, Yusuf, with all the information of how you can get your hands on a teen's guide to the Constitution of Kenya yes. with Sandra Ochola. Previously on The Lounge with Chow. Um, I do the music that I love to do. So it's really something that has settled in my heart. And again, I also consider myself as an artist that's still finding themselves so who knows what sound or what music I will put out in the future but for now this is what I've put out for my audience we be breaking free breaking rules we need to There we go, Rick Astley together forever at 12 minutes to 9 right here on your best mix of music, 98.4 Capital FM. We are here with Sandra Ochola, so uh, former presidential speechwriter, author of Teen's Guide to the Constitution of Kenya, lawyer, public intellectual. How did you find time to be an Obama Foundation leader and what, what exactly is that? Well, that was way back in 2018. Well, for President Obama, once he'd finished his uh, tour of duty and he wanted to create uh, more space for young leaders within the African continent in particular. So they sent out a call asking young leaders who are doing amazing things within their communities to apply for a one-week uh, residential program, leadership program, where they'd be taught, we'd talk leadership you know, learn from his experiences as a leader, running one of the most powerful countries, what are the skills you need to have, and how can you engage and connect with other leaders within within the continent. And so I did apply, got accepted uh, as part of the first cohort for the program. 
in 2018. We went down to South Africa. Then on the last day of our engagement, he joined us uh, mm. when we were out doing CSR. <laughs> We are out doing CSR, and I remember very well we were making desks and seats for school, and we'd been uh, we'd been put in small small groups. And so um, uh, myself and a couple of friends of mine, we went and st- st- uh, stood strategically at a corner waiting for him to come. Then he <laughs> to took jump a, him. Yeah, to <laughs> <laughs> then he took a different turn. And uh, for, for, for a minute there, we felt really discouraged. But then uh, we, we were so determined that he was going to come speak to us and going to take photographs and whatnot. So then I went up to him because then he'd taken a different turn. I was looking at a mural on the wall. So I went up to him and said, Mr. President, you haven't come to our booth yet. <laughs> so <I> can imagine, <laughs> you can imagine how, how afraid and scared I was because I wasn't sure that the security guys would, you know, hold me by my scruffs and pull me out. Then... As he kept his word. So once he'd looked at the mural, he, he asked, where are those kids that were looking for me? And we're like, here, here we are. So then he came over. We had a short conversation. We took photographs. And it's been nice. And the good thing about it is even after engaging with him on that particular day, then the foundation has continued to, uh, has continued to engage with us wow. in a way of connecting us with activities, connecting us with projects and opportunities so that, again, we are improving on our leadership skills as young Africans and we are continuing to network, uh, mm. not only to improve our countries, but also to improve the African continent. That's Oof. really cool. Yeah. Uh, must I, have been quite nice to have a short conversation yes. with him as well. He's he's a very uh, in, in, incredible human being he for is, sure, and I think is. it will go down in history as one of the greatest leaders of all time. Yes. I hope you're sending him a copy. But for the rest of I us should. who <laughs> have to buy, of course you must, of course. Be I like, should. Mr. President, you yes. haven't read my book. What you, um, Sandra? Please, please tell us. Mm-hmm. Apart from uh, all of your social media being at Ochola Sandra, that is your handle. Mm-hmm. How do we get a copy of Teen's Guide to the Constitution of Kenya? Teachers and owners of schools, I hope you're listening to this. Yes. You can get a copy of the Teen's Guide at Nuria Bookstore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's That's uh, in Moy Avenue. Yes, it's, it's in uh, Moy Avenue. NuriaKenya.com is the website and at Nuria Books on social media. Yes. And their online process is uh, very easy and very helpful. They help with the packaging, the delivery, so you can reach out to them and uh, order your books from there. And then uh, you can also reach out through the number 742 862080. I'll say that again, 0742 uh, You can also order from there to ensure that uh, you get your copy. Now, this is 138 pages, really brilliant copy um, paper and yes. tests and color photos and everything. Mm-hmm. How much is this? Is this going to break the bank? Uh, no. I <laughs> I tried to put it in a manner that it wouldn't break a bank, so that um, it's also accessible to a young person who'd like to who'd like to buy it. So it goes for five hundred and fifty shillings. What? Yes, I know. That's I know. insanely I, I, good. I told someone that, and um, they weren't very happy. No, <laughs> no, because this is all your time. This yes. is crazy. Yes. Thank you so much, Sandra. Mm-hmm. We will continue to support you. And uh, thank you for giving Farid and I, big teenagers, a guide to the yes. Constitution of yeah. Kenya. Yeah. And perhaps if I could add, then you don't need, just need to buy a copy. What we are hoping for is you can buy, you can buy them in bulk. You can always give to, um, a teens club, a library or a community library. So that's allowed. Just reach out to us. Let us know how many copies you need. And uh, we'll make a point of getting it to you and the young people in your space. Thank you so much, Sandra. This is 98.4 Capital FM.